Ready to revolutionize your customer experience? Then look no further than NICE, the global leader in cloud CX software for self-service and agent-assisted customer interactions. Imagine achieving lightning-fast customer resolutions all thanks to the power of unlimited scalability and flexibility of one complete cloud CX solution. With NICE's cutting-edge CX1 platform, you can join thousands of organizations around the globe who are already transforming customer experience in the cloud. Now that's a pretty good company, but Nice is more than just a robust cloud CX platform. Its dedication to continuous innovation ensures that you stay ahead of the competition. With Nice and CX1, it's never been easier to create exceptional customer experiences. Get started by visiting nice.com. Explore the world's most complete cloud native customer experience platform, CX1. Visit nice.com. Nice, cloud powered, CX at scale. Ready to revolutionize your customer experience? Then look no further than NICE, the global leader in cloud CX software for self-service and agent-assisted customer interactions. Imagine achieving lightning-fast customer resolutions all thanks to the power of unlimited scalability and flexibility of one complete cloud CX solution. With NICE's cutting-edge CX1 platform, you can join thousands of organizations around the globe who are already transforming customer experience in the cloud. Now that's a pretty good company, but Nice is more than just a robust cloud CX platform. Its dedication to continuous innovation ensures that you stay ahead of the competition. With Nice and CX1, it's never been easier to create exceptional customer experiences. Get started by visiting nice.com. Explore the world's most complete cloud native customer experience platform, CX1. Visit nice.com. Nice, cloud powered, CX at scale. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday afternoon, August 21st, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. Dr. Mike O'Neill's the best. Colts, they're getting ready to play the Bears Saturday, and we found out today from Frank Reich, it's all about position battles on Saturday night. Starters will not play, according to Reich. Bears starters either. Old school NFL guys, they're going to wonder whether holding guys out is going to cause more injuries during the regular season than it saves during the preseason. Let's hear what Frank Reich had to say when he addressed the media a little bit earlier. Just to start out, I have one update from yesterday. I mentioned that um, the ones were going to play a little bit, wasn't sure how much. Uh, you know, after thinking that through and looking at everything that we look at and sitting down with Chris last night, just really talking that through, um, have just decided that the one, you're probably not going to see most of the ones in this game. You're probably not going to see most of the ones in this game. So this will be a great opportunity uh, for those guys who do get to play to get even more reps. What, uh, what was your change of thought on that one to go the opposite direction, right? There were a lot of, actually, several several major factors, um, you know, that went into it. One, just looking at the health of the team, just thinking, hey, they weren't going to play much anyway, so 
really are we getting much out of five or seven or eight reps for the risk that you you know that you incur by putting those guys out there um, I'm pretty sure they're not I'm pretty sure they're not playing a lot of their guys um, right now the best thing is you know we're looking to figure out who are the guys that are going to be on this roster that's one one objective and the other objective is to get ready for the season opener so this game is a great opportunity uh, and this week is a great opportunity for both of those this feels like a, a trend in the league I mean, yeah. so much for the dress rehearsal you feel like it's just let's just get ready for week one yeah it is and it's I'll be honest it's a little bit hard for me to let that go because I got a lot of years of week three be in the dress rehearsal um, and and your ones playing a significant amount of time now I've been leaning away from that as far as the amount of time you know we've, we've pretty much always gone about a quarter but um, now with feel like we're in good health feel like we're in a good position it's year two you know we're in year two that's a factor you know that's a factor so like I said there's several major factors you mentioned the health of the team being a factor about what, what would you how would you summarize health of the team? It's not bad, right? No, I say it's good. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I say it's good. Um, you know, I, I would say it's good, and we want to keep try to keep it that way. You know, there's one or two. You know, running back is we're a little bit banged up there. Um, you know, we got obviously Marlon and Naheem are our two guys from last year. They're the only, you know, and then we got three new guys. But um, so that would be one example of probably the one example of where we're probably in a more compromised position. But with taking this approach to where you're not planning your starters much at all in preseason, does it change your, how you do practice? To, yeah. Because you have to get it done in practice. Yes. So what we do, how it changes practice is, you know, typically in week three now we would be carded practices, carding against their defense. Um, and now when we do that, we just have the guys who are actually going to so have to practice is carded so the guys who are playing in the game are getting those reps. The other half of the practice is um, is ones versus ones, still competitive, much like the beginning of a training camp. And we might make exceptions in that, you know, Nick and Flus might talk, and if Nick's trying to get, you know, if we're trying to get something done in an offensive period, he may ask Flus to play certain coverages or certain fronts uh, for a few plays um, that we might see. Uh, you know, defenses or schemes or coverages that we might see in week one, but for the most part, it's still just ones versus ones. Frank, I think Benny has missed the last two weeks or so. Is there any concern there at all with his availability? For- yeah, no, no concern. No concern at all. Frank, you talked about uh, having a top five rushing offense. I wonder why you feel that way. <coughs> some of the analytics, there doesn't seem to be a relationship between winning and running. Um, what what is your thought process there? Yeah, no, and I, I agree that there are um, there are numbers out there that would suggest what you're saying is true. Um, I've had people talk to me about those numbers in the past, and but there's also I would see I, I look at there's certain numbers I look at that say that that's not true. So I'm not discrediting some of that information. Some of that information out there, I get it, but. Um, I'm looking at a different set of data, and the set of data that I'm looking at says that's what we need to do. Frank, you mentioned by the end of this weekend wanting to kind of move further on the quarterback spot for week one. How does Andrew not practicing this week impact that? You know, I mean, at this point, not practicing this week doesn't impact that. You know, um, 
if if we were to get into next week, and if we were to get into next week, then we would have to reconsider. Frank, with, again, with the way the teams have scaled back preseason, it's not just this team. A lot of teams are doing. Have you talked to other coaches about this? It's like it's not just an aberration that one or two teams are doing. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Haven't really, haven't really had um, long discussions with any other head coaches about. The philosophy or the reasons that we're all doing it. Um, it's just more text messages. You playing your guys this week? No. You playing yours? No. Okay. Um, that's pretty much the extent of the conversation. So you did have the Bears as well? I mean, yeah. would, would it change if, if they wanted to play their starters? Would it change your approach? Um, that's a fine line. For the most part, no. Um, in this instance, um, was there a fact that they weren't playing there as a fact? It was a factor. It wasn't the factor. Um, it maybe pushed me over the edge to go that way. Like I said, I was just thinking we were going to just play a little bit. And uh, and that the fact that they weren't playing there, that, that did kind of help push me over the edge. How many preseason games are really optimal I mean, from a coaching standpoint? Um, I'll let that up to the – it's a great question, but <laughs> I'll let that up to the NFL. We'll – We'll, we'll say four, right? So that's, that's what we have. We'll, we'll use it however we can use it, right, to, to get better. Because it is a great chance to see guys play, to see guys play. If we had two, we'd make that work, and that would be optimal. So Or three, whatever. Whatever whatever they want is good. Frank, you guys have put a bunch of work already. About nine days now, two more preseason games. Can somebody do something positively or negatively that will negate everything that's come before now as far as making the roster? No, um, it's all cumulative. Everything, everything is cumulative. You have to take the whole body of work into consideration. There's a lot of practices, no TA, the whole thing. Now, certain things get weighted more heavily than others, but it's a cumulative uh, rating and ranking. Well, right. Would Jacoby play on Saturday? And if so, how much would you envision him playing? Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to get into the individuals who will and will not play because then it will be the, who's next, and so we'll – um, I'll just let that come out. When you sit there right now with, with the roster, do you are there a couple spots still open in, in your mind? Do you do you think you know who the fifty three is? No, there's spots open. I mean, this is this is it's very competitive. I mean, we've said from the start, you know, the this is a good football team. There's a lot of good football players on this team, and um, this is the NFL. We fight each one of us, each coach, each player fights for his spot every day. That's really the mentality that we want. Um, it's human. There's just nothing good that comes from you got things figured out. You know, it's just human nature to slack off. It's just human nature to slack off. So, one of the things you know, we talk a lot about creating an edge. How do we maintain an edge? And one of the things that coaches do to help create that edge is our job. Our jobs are never secure. The players' jobs are never secure. You got to prove it every day. That help. That helps me keep the edge. That's how I think of it. I got to prove it every day, and I think it's healthy for the players to think the same thing. In your career, can you think of a player too that that fourth game they did something to where they, they changed your mind or whatever? Well, yeah, I think there's. I think that I, I won't have a specific. Unfortunately, I won't have a specific, but. I, what goes through my mind is a receiver having a big game in the fourth game where maybe he wasn't going to be on the practice squad and he gets on the practice squad. Or uh, uh, 
a, a fifth or sixth safety makes three tackles inside the 20 on kickoff, and then all of a sudden, hey, we got we got to keep this guy around somehow. This guy can be a special teams player. Those kind of things, I think, do happen. Frank, as you've mentioned in the past weeks that you know, Andrew is very engaged, even though he's not practicing, be a walkthrough meetings, whatever. Um, can you speak to maybe how much of that stuff uh, prepares you to play? You know, even if you're not practicing, I realize there's no replacement for practice, but right. how much of that will play a role in him being ready if he's ready to go? Yeah, it plays a lot. I mean, you're talking to a guy who kind of lived that a little bit, um, where you have to you have to get ready based on those things. So um, you got to make the most of everything that you have available, every resource you have available to you. There's a lot of science out there that says, you know, you can actually put yourself. Jim Caldwell used to call it, um, you know, putting yourself in the moment. You know, put yourself in the moment. You can actually, there's some science out there that suggests that, like, you can somehow fool your nervous system to actually think you're playing in the Super Bowl, and maybe not the whole way, but that you can get part way there. And so, you know, we talk a lot about that because we we get a lot of value out of walk through, out of walk through reps. And so we talk about get in the moment. You know, get in the moment and visualize that this is it. And there's a lot of value to that. Let's say last one here. It may be tough when your starter isn't out there, but having Andrew and that positivity that he brings, how does that trickle down this time of the year when we know 89 other guys know who isn't out there? I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, you repeat that one more time. Just Andrew's positivity, it's, it's unique. Yeah. And to know that your leader has that this time of the year. Yeah, oh, yeah, there, no. How does that trickle down? It, yeah, it definitely trickles down. It definitely trickles down. That's part of when we use the term the locker room, right? You know, we're first and foremost talking about our veteran leaders, you know, like a player like Andrew, but there's multiple players like that. And that positive energy and vibe is, I, I just think it's instrumental. You know, we talk about, you know, got juice. You know, that's the other way to say it. I mean, who who has some juice? Uh, you know, who wants to be who wants to be here today? Who's looking forward to going to this meeting? Who wants to stay after practice and watch tape? You know, who wants to talk football? Who wants to get every rep? Who wants to make the most of every walkthrough rep? So players like Andrew, and we have a lot... Honestly, we try to fill our locker, our locker room with players who have that vibe, have that that mindset, that positive vibe, that love football, love their teammates, and love being at work. So there you go. There's Frank Reich from a little bit earlier today. Frank Reich does not care a bit about the preseason, and I'm not sure why any reasonable fan should either. Unless you want to go out and you want to try to compare and contrast like EJ Speed against other guys or see whether, you know, uh, Matthias Farley should make the roster by comparing him to, say, George Odom. I, what are you doing? Are we, this is nothing more than like 32 different editions of American Idol where people in the stands sit and they try to judge whether a football player is worthy of the 53rd spot on the roster and which 37 guys are going to get cut, for God's sake. We're going to see a lot more of the 37 guys who are going to get cut Saturday night and the following Thursday in Cincinnati than we are the 53 who are going to make the damn squad this is crazy to charge retail prices to go see these games is insane so here's what i think i think the nfl is going to get rid of the preseason almost entirely maybe they keep two games they add two to the regular season and off you go from there but i don't think it's wise to play 18 regular season games you've got to give then you've got to give players more money because they're playing, what is it? What is that? That's 
more during a season than they did if you add those two games onto the regular season. And these are games where guys are going to get hurt and careers are going to end. There's greater risk playing 18 games than 16, and that risk is very easily calculated at 12.5%. And probably more than that, because at the end of the season, when you're playing the extra two games, you're going to be more fatigued and more injury-prone. I don't like it. It smacks of greed, and I'm really tired of the answer to every question. When we say, why would we do that? When that question's asked, all right, if you don't come with greed as your answer, the word greed, then you're out of your mind because it's all about money. It's all about maximizing profit. That cannot be the most important thing in our lives. It just can't. There has got to be something else that fuels the fire of America other than greed. But it seems again and again and again, it's not. And I'm not anti-capitalistic. I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist, for God's sake. I want people who earn to make. You know what I mean? You earn it, you should get paid. Absolutely. And guys who play in the NFL, they get paid a lot of money. But I'm telling you, you go out and you meet guys who used to play in the NFL, and you can see the toll emotionally, psychologically, and physically that a career in the NFL extracts from its players. I'm not saying it's unfair. I'm saying guys get paid a hell of a lot of money to play. But what they wind up doing, 35 years old, they're retired, they don't have a financial worry, but they have nothing to fuel their fire as far as what am I going to do with the rest of my life? A lot of these guys, they sit and they watch sci-fi movies or they play video games. It's kind of unbelievable. Is that on them? I think to an extent it is. But the NFL is not life. You know what I mean? And if you treat it like it is, if you, if you completely immerse yourself in that NFL culture, and then all of a sudden it's taken away from you either by injury or by an erosion of skill, you're going to have trouble adapting, man. And that's the way that goes. Let's talk about Mike Roberts for a minute. Here's my deal with Mike Roberts, who it looks like is going to be named the third assistant for Indiana, replacing Ed Schilling Jr., Mike Roberts, an Indiana kid, played for Mike Davis in the first half of the 2000s, and by all accounts, a really good guy and an Indiana guy. But you know what else? They got a guy on their bench, and he's been there for a few years, Derek Elston, who might have deserved a, uh, a bite at this apple. You know what I mean? He's an IU guy. He's from Tipton up there. He played at Indiana for four years, played a little bit professionally in Europe, and and now he's trying to build a career as a coach. And my question is this, and my question has always been this, when people internally are passed over in favor of somebody from without, why didn't you prepare that guy better to have that position? Because if Archie Miller prepared Derek Elston properly to uh, kind of move into, to evolve positively into that role. If he had done that, this decision would have been easy for Indiana University and for Archie Miller. What did he not do? What did Archie not do to prepare Derek Elston correctly and completely for that position in supplanting uh, Ed Schilling Jr. And if he is prepared, then why didn't he get in the job? Anyway, love Mike Roberts, love Derek Elston. It's just a question to ponder as we move forward toward the conclusion of the second month of this job search and probably before that because Archie knew he was going to fire Ed Schilling. 
Archie fires Zed Schilling late June. You can't tell me he just woke up one morning and decided this guy's got to go. That is not the way things work at a publicly funded university. That is not the way it goes. So he knew before that. How didn't he know who he was going to hire? And if he did know who he was going to hire, why didn't he just go ahead and do it? That's a question, too. Love Archie Miller. Want Indiana to be successful. But I don't like the way this whole thing has transpired. The bucket game moving to Indy, this is interesting to me, and here's the deal. Here's why it makes sense. I hate things leaving a campus, right, like Indiana and Kentucky. That home-and-home series where Kentucky came to Simon Scott Assembly Hall and Indiana would go down to Rupp Arena. I love that because it gives the students an opportunity to watch these games. The thing about the bucket game is it's played on the Saturday after Thanksgiving when nobody is on campus other than those students who can't get home for Thanksgiving. Everybody's gone. The campus is blank unless it's like Iranians and Chinese and it's people from other countries who are still on the Indiana University campus, and this is the same thing at Purdue. If you're a student from the state of Indiana, you've gone home from those campuses. All right? So having the game, the bucket game, every year at Lucas Oil Stadium makes nothing but sense because you've probably got more Indiana and Purdue students in Marion County than you do in Tippecanoe County or Monroe County during that weekend. So it's more convenient, and it makes it an available kind of uh, distraction or attraction, I guess, to students at Lucas Oil Stadium than it does at Memorial Stadium or at Ross-Aid Stadium. It just makes sense to move that damn thing to Indianapolis and do it there every year and have it be like a civic blowout. How much fun would that be? And then the next weekend, you got the Big Ten Championship. I love the idea of bringing the bucket game to Indianapolis again because there are no students at Purdue or Indiana on the weekend that that game is contested. It used to be that the bucket game came the last Saturday before Thanksgiving that changed a few years ago when the Big Ten added a game, a 12th game. College football added that 12th game. And now you've got the bucket game on the Saturday following Thanksgiving. So let's bring that thing to Indianapolis. What do you think? That sports another but sports for a Wednesday. If, uh, man, I'll tell you what, if you are not up to the gills in sports information and perspective at this point that's Indiana-driven, I can't, what can I do for you, for God's sake? I'll tell you what I can do for you. Tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, it's Breakfast with Kent, and then Breakfast with Kent on Periscope Live. It's a show so nice we do it twice. Join me tomorrow morning at 8, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Ready to revolutionize your customer experience? Then look no further than NICE, the global leader in cloud CX software for self-service and agent-assisted customer interactions. Imagine achieving lightning-fast customer resolutions all thanks to the power of unlimited scalability and flexibility of one complete cloud CX solution. With NICE's cutting-edge CX1 platform, you can join thousands of organizations around the globe who are already transforming customer experience 
experience in the cloud. Now that's a pretty good company. But NICE is more than just a robust cloud CX platform. Its dedication to continuous innovation ensures that you stay ahead of the competition. With NICE and CX1, it's never been easier to create exceptional customer experiences. Get started by visiting NICE.com. Explore the world's most complete cloud-native customer experience platform, CX1. Visit NICE.com. NICE. Cloud-powered. CX at scale. Ready to revolutionize your customer experience? Then look no further than NICE, the global leader in cloud CX software for self-service and agent-assisted customer interactions. Imagine achieving lightning-fast customer resolutions all thanks to the power of unlimited scalability and flexibility of one complete cloud CX solution. With NICE's cutting-edge CX1 platform, you can join thousands of organizations around the globe who are already transforming customer experience in the cloud. Now that's a pretty good company. But NICE is more than just a robust cloud CX platform. Its dedication to continuous innovation ensures that you stay ahead of the competition. With NICE and CX1, it's never been easier to create exceptional customer experiences. Get started by visiting NICE.com. Explore the world's most complete cloud-native customer experience platform, CX1. Visit NICE.com. NICE, cloud-powered, CX at scale. 